All right, welcome back to the Front Nine Podcast. Derek here with you, and uh, obviously uh, Nate not feeling well, uh, so that's a bummer. And Bob being tied up at work, not ideal. But um, this is our uh, U.S. Open week, so lots of cool stuff uh, going on, and uh, lots of cool stuff to talk about, despite. Uh, those two guys not being able to join me. I do have their picks, and so this week uh, I'll give you those. And uh, for the U.S. Open, obviously this is a big week. Uh, lots of lots of Xander uh, talk I hear coming out of San Diego. Obviously he's a San Diego kid, so there's a lot of that going on. Uh, a lot of Phil talk coming off of the PGA Championship. Lots of Brooks and Bryson talk coming off the PGA Championship as well. And what's going on there, and uh, and then you know, and just seeing, um, you know, what what happened this past weekend at the Palmetto is very interesting. Obviously, uh, Bob and I last week we spent a good bit of time talking about uh, what we expected to happen, and that this was a tournament we expected guys to just absolutely tear up a golf course, didn't expect it to play super difficult, and we were wrong. Like this place was legit. Uh, looked very Pinehurst-esque, if I do say so myself. I've been uh, able to play a couple of the courses at Pinehurst. It seems very much like that, very much like the Sand Hills of North Carolina uh, where they played this tournament at the uh, Congaree uh, Golf Club and uh, in South Carolina. So just a really neat uh, event, uh, I think, in general. Really cool golf course uh, to see. And... Um, you know, I think many of us probably watching it were like, wow, like this is playing a lot more difficult than we thought. Really hard, fast greens, uh, and uh, some some really cool, fun holes out there. Uh, but but te- it proved to be a challenge uh, for the PGA Tours. Even the best players um, in the world, uh, including Dustin Johnson, who I believe ended up shooting two over par on the weekend uh, to to finish, I think somewhere in the top five, but but obviously not pulling out a win or anything like that. Like we would probably have expected going into Saturday, only one shot back, uh, getting that one shot back off of like the first hole. I think he, I think on the first hole he was able to uh, get tied to the lead and, and then, you know, from there didn't really do anything the rest of the weekend. So pretty crazy uh, to, to think that that was kind of what transpired uh, obviously, first-time winner uh, this week on tour, a guy that probably most people have never heard of, and uh, and so good for him, man. That's awesome, uh, and and we uh, we applaud uh, his him for for his efforts and and uh, and getting out there. And I think there are some people who now have him as kind of a dark horse uh, for this upcoming week in the U.S. Open. But that's really what this episode is all about. It's about the U.S. Open. It's about Tory Pines. It's about the the hardest test in golf. And and I love those guys who can control their ball flight, those guys who can control um, their spin uh, coming into greens, all of those kinds of things. Those guys who can play and win, who can get it out of the rough, who, who are smart enough to know when to take a bogey and smart enough to know when to attack. Uh, those guys who strategically can make their way around the golf course and 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 plot out a um, a chance uh, to 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 win and and pull it out. Obviously, Bryson last year at Wingfoot bombed it, um, but but not only did he bomb it, I mean, 
it was still really, really difficult and really hard test for him, uh, even on holes that, that he could get it down really close to the, the green off of the tee. I mean, he was hitting out of, you know, super lush, thick, rough. That, that's going to be the same here. Uh, and and Tory plays as one of the longest uh, courses on tour. Obviously, it's not going to play as long as it does back in uh, January um, on uh, for the Farmers. Not going to play that long, but it is going to play uh, – but it's still going to be really long. I mean, he's going to play a lot harder, a lot faster now than it did then, but, but it's still going to play long and uh, it's going to be a test. I mean, I, I remember I was watching Phil's uh, press conference on Monday and he said, it's going to be long. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a fair balanced test for everybody in the field. It's going to be the same golf course for everybody, but, but it's going to be, it's going to be difficult out there. And, and so look, look to not see, you know, like you, 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 uh, you see typical U.S. Opens, usually five under par. If you can get to five under par, you're going to win at a U.S. Open. So um, I would say that probably a winning score will be somewhere between one and five under par. Um, and, and there, you know, there are just a few guys that I think probably are playing well enough coming in. Um, and have a good enough track record around Torrey Pines to really feel uh, like they have a shot. So we're going to kind of run through some of those guys. Uh, obviously, uh, Nate and Bob both have their picks, and so I'll share their picks um, as well as my pick. And so uh, that's that's kind of where we'll go. So who uh, tends to play well at Torrey? Well, it, it is those guys who are th- methodical. Uh, it's those guys who um, are – are long enough, but, but really keep the ball in the fairway are good ball strikers and good putters. And so we've seen John Rom win here. Uh, we've seen uh, Patrick Reed, uh, our most recent farmers winner here. And so going into this week, there are a few guys who I think probably rise to the top and, uh, and those guys uh, typically, you know, are guys that, that most people probably, uh, think of, but, but it's interesting to think that no one's really picking, uh, JT. Like I haven't seen anyone on the JT bandwagon and, and I get that. I mean, I, I understand he hasn't played super well since the players, um, uh, but he's just so talented. He's so good. And, um, you know, Nate had him as a, as a large pick at the PGA. He didn't play well, uh, missed the cut. And, and I think, you know, uh, I guess a lot of people because of that are writing him off for this event. I don't think necessarily he's going to win, but I think it's hard to, to say that, you know, uh, if there is a guy who I think is kind of flying under the radar and probably is good for him, it would be Justin Thomas. Like I think flying under the radar for him, that kind of gives him the chip on the shoulder, maybe a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit of just, I don't know, uh, moxie that he needs because he's kind of a moxie guy. He's kind of an arrogant guy. He knows he's good enough. He he obviously has been the number one player in the world in the past. I think he wants to be there again, uh, currently ranked second in the world. So uh, lots of uh, lots of things at play there with Justin Thomas. And I think, I think this is one of those weeks where maybe uh, he keeps his head down. He doesn't really get too involved or too – uh, loud or you know upset about the fact that no one's really talking about him and uh, and he goes out there and he plays pretty well now I don't know that he'll win I wouldn't I'm not gonna pick him as my favorite but I just think it's interesting that a guy that can be ranked number two in the world can come in and people and and I think people are writing him off uh, he's not short by any stretch of the imagination I mean 
He's obviously not a tall person, but he's not short off the tee. Uh, he hits the ball really far. Uh, great iron player. And when his putter's rolling, I mean, he's, you know, obviously he got to number one in the world for a reason. So just a lot of things to think about when you think about JT and his ability to potentially play well uh, in major tournaments. And I think he, this is what we want to see from him. We want to see him take that leap. Uh, Obviously he won the PGA uh, in 2017, but we haven't seen him necessarily up at the top of leaderboards in uh, golf tournaments, major golf tournaments. Uh, a lot since then. And last year at the U.S. Open, Wingfoot, he he led, um, I think, after the first two rounds. I know after the first round for sure. Uh, and then kind of faded uh, toward, um, you know, middle of the pack, I think, by the end of the weekend. But but I, I expect him to play well. I mean, he's a, he's got a lot of moxie. He's got a lot of heart. Um, and if he can hit greens, I think, you know, um, he'll, he'll find some spots to be aggressive. He's not afraid. He'll, he'll find spots to be aggressive and, uh, and maybe get it to, you know, three or four under par, uh, something like that one day, um, out there. And if he can just manage to stick around even par the rest of the tournament, he has a good shot at being right there, um, come Sunday. So I think, uh, I think JT is a guy more people should be talking about. And they're not really talking about him, but we'll, you know, we'll go on from there. Who else maybe uh, do we see playing well? Well, I know a lot of the people uh, who are out there picking uh, folks around. Obviously, Jordan Spieth is a guy everybody has their eye on. He's been so hot all year long, like probably as hot as he's ever been. Um, and, and so Jordan Spieth, uh, is a guy who probably most people don't necessarily think he's going to pull out a win, but obviously think he's going to play well. Like he's, they, they probably would lock him in as a top 10. Now I don't, I, I, I'm kind of have mixed feelings about this because I think Jordan is one of those guys who he at a U.S. open will have to I mean, it's going to take a place like Chambers Bay where he won in the past where the, the fairways are really big and really wide. And, and, uh, and I don't think that that's Tory and I don't think that really sets up well. I don't think this golf course sets up really well for Jordan as good as he's been playing. And as much as I love to see him play well, the fairways are going to be tight and they're going to be really thick, rough. Um, and, and I just don't think that's really something that suits his game. He's not a great driver of the golf ball. Uh, we, we talked about that at Phoenix. Um, that was why he didn't win at Phoenix, um, but he's not a great driver of the golf ball. Um, he is not, you know, overly long. Uh, and you know, it just, I, it doesn't, I mean, as good of a putter as he is, if you're, if you're trying to save par, you know, multiple times in a round from more than 10 feet, you're going to probably not be up there. I think Jordan is kind of like the Tom Watson, maybe of this era. Um, like he's going to win a bunch of majors. Um, but, but I think his, maybe his favorite and maybe his best shot is always going to be at Augusta and at, uh, the British. And, um, you know, I think, I think those two, two venues, uh, wherever the British has played and Augusta really set up well for his game. And, and I think he'll always kind of have a, have a shot in those spots, but I just don't see him playing super great this week at Torrey. Not that he won't play good but I don't see him contending really 
seriously uh, this week. Um, <clears throat> Tony Finau, obviously everybody's waiting for him to break through. Um, obviously has a length, has the game to win, just hasn't been in great form. Uh, but if he can put it together, he's obviously a top 10 machine. Uh, so if you're a betting man, you might put some money on him because I don't think his odds are very good, but I do think, uh, he's a guy who, if he can put a couple good rounds together, he could be there and have a good finish. So if you're, if you're going off the odds, um, you know, he might be a guy to put some money on. Um, I think, I think probably the people, most, the guys, most people are thinking about, um, especially after DJ playing so well the first couple days this past week at the Palmetto Championship, I think a lot of people have their eye on DJ. I think a lot that a lot of people have their eye on him um, and, uh, and, and that he might be on his way back. That maybe even the, one of the reasons why he didn't play well on the weekend was because he was actually trying to get ready for the U.S. Open, knowing that he made the cut. He was using those two days not to worry about winning the golf tournament, but trying to figure out and hit the shots that he felt like he was going to have to hit at Torrey. And so, um, obviously, two very different golf courses and, you know, but but I think, you know, that there is something to be said about the number one player in the world being in the lead early on Saturday and not being able to pull it out and playing over par from that point on. Like there, there was something um, he outside of the golf tournament he was at probably that had his mind and his thoughts. I wouldn't be surprised if it was this tournament and I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and plays really, really well and is in contention early and stays there all the way through the weekend. Is he a winner? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what DJ shows up. But if he's if he seems to be in good form, which I would say based off of his last week, he seems like he's in better form than he was before. Um, you know, I mean, like like I said last week on the pod, I mean his his B game is better than most guys' A game. So um, you got to give him a chance to to really play well. So so DJ is a guy to keep an eye on, even though I think he hasn't played well most of this year. He is number one player in the world, and I do think he's in good form, or at least showing some good form based off of what we saw last week, to give him a good shot and a good chance to be up there this weekend. As well, you have to also consider what about Brooks, right? I mean, Brooks, uh, Bob shared a stat with us today that Brooks is like so far ahead of everyone else uh, in at the U.S. Open over since 2016. Uh, just unbelievable stat um, that that you know he shared with us today in crazy crazy numbers. Brooks is 82 under par since 2016. Cumulative score under par in majors since 2016. DJ since 2016 is 23 under and Xander is 20 under. So what about Brooks? I think if you don't have the idea that Brooks Kepka is coming to like stomp on people's throats, you're crazy. And if you think that he doesn't have the game to win here, you're crazy. Like he, um, when he is driving the golf ball, uh, well, that's when he's won his majors. That's when he's contended in majors. And, uh, and that I think is what's going to be the separating factor from a lot of guys, um, who have a chance and the guys who will win um, is strokes gained off the tee. I think strokes gained off the tee is going to be so huge at tour. You got to find the fairway. You got to get the ball in short grass 
That way you can play smart or play aggressive depending on the hole. You play smart to the, the, the whatever part. You're not going to short side yourself. You're not going to hurt yourself uh, hitting it away from flags at the U.S. Open, but hitting it in the rough, having to lay up, having to get up and down all day, that's what's going to hurt you. So strokes gained off the tee, and I think Brooks is one of those guys who strokes gained off the tee is his, is his bread and butter when he is playing well and when he's winning majors strokes gained off the tee. Um, so Brooks, yes, absolutely. Give me some Brooks Kepka. I think, um, if, if you, if you're playing in any sort of fantasy, anything like that, that, re- that allows you to pick multiple guys, if you're not somehow trying to get Brooks on your team, I think you're crazy. Just too good in the last five years at major championships and, and way too good, way too good at, um, you know, the, the most difficult tournaments like the U S open, uh, one, two U S opens, one, two PGA championships, just one of his PGA championships with that Beth page, another really, really hard golf course that has hosted U S opens. I've played there. It is really hard. Um, it is, it is not, it is not a joke. So, uh, Brooks Kepka, everybody, I think, uh, if you, I, I think most people who are golf fans probably know, uh, to pick Brooks. I don't know that everybody loves Brooks, but if you're not picking him, I think you'd be crazy. Um, at least somehow, some way, putting him in a lineup, uh, betting odds, I would say he's got to be the favorite. And and uh, that's just you know my personal feeling. So close to the PGA, um, he's not in bad form, obviously. Um, and and this is what he gets ramped up for. He gets ramped up for the majors. This is the stuff that matters to him. Don't be surprised if he walks away with a third. Uh, U.S. Open trophy. Um, but that being said, his arch nemesis, Bryson DeChambeau, currently holds uh, the U.S. Open trophy at his house. And so uh, Bryson, what, what is his odds? I mean, obviously, I just said strokes gained off the tee is going to be key. Um, and, I, and I think that's true even for Bryson. Um, the thing with Bryson is I think – he's going to miss too many fairways. Now you may say, well, he missed a bunch of fairways at wing foot and was able to, but, but he wasn't missing the fairway by much. Okay. Like he might've been missing the fairway just a little bit. And there were some times that it actually hurt him that he missed the fairway. Um, but, but ultimately I, I mean, I just think that you're going to get exposed this week. The greens are Poana greens. Uh, they're they're bumpy. Uh, we we see that in Tiger's famous putt, right? Just bump, 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 like all the way to the hole. Um, it's just it's really part of you know uh, that golf course. So are the greens? They're not they're not these smooth uh, greens that he saw at Wingfoot, um, where you know putts are going to stay on line and, and those kinds of things. You got to hit these things with pace to keep them on their line because of the bumps, you gotta be aggressive. And yet if you get too aggressive, you get really, really uh, wonky. I just, I just don't think he puts well enough to win uh, this week. As much as I think his strokes gained off the tee is, is an important factor. I think he's going to miss too many fairways. Um, I think he's going to end up putting himself in a good spot um, where, where maybe he has a good finish. I just don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to win. I feel the same way uh, similarly about Rory. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm wrong about that. I would love to see Rory win another U.S. Open, uh, considering the one that he the, the, the one that he did win was uh, 
you know, a very soft, wet congressional golf course. Um, I feel like he can come out here and win. Um, I just, you know, based off what I saw at the Memorial, I don't think his game, like, I think he could get around well, Quell Hollow because he's knows that golf course so well and he plays there so well. Um, I don't, I don't think that that's the case uh, here at Torrey. Don't look for him to finish in the top ten. I think he probably finishes somewhere around twenty, in between twenty and forty. Uh, probably Rory. I think he makes the cut, but probably finishes outside the top twenty. Um, <clears throat> over par for sure. Probably five over, six over, something like that for the for the week. Um, but the guy, the two guys that I think most people have an eye on and most people are probably, uh, putting their money on are, uh, Xander Shoffley and John Rom. Now Nate's pick for this week is John Rom, of course, because after everything that happened at the Memorial, he picked John Rom. John Rom got, you know, DQ'd uh, because of a positive COVID test. Obviously, that's terrible, and we hate that. Uh, but he is back this week, able to play this week at the U.S. Open. And, of course, in good form, Nate, who else would he pick? No one. He picked John Rom. So John Rom is his pick, and I think that's a great pick. I mean, anybody who thinks that John Rom doesn't have a chance at this golf course where he's won before, that he knows well, uh, that he's played at well in the past, um, and, and he obviously comes in in good form. He was leading by six shots at the Memorial at Jack's place. Just really solid play. Uh, you got to think he's got a chance. Um, and then Xander, I mean, Xander, you know, barely made the cut, uh, this past, um, January at, at the farmers, but then found his way on the weekend and just went off, finished, tied for second. And, um, you know, and it was really close. I mean, it, and he was he was close at the Masters, uh, not so close at the PGA, but but played better than I think a lot of people gave him credit for, and thought he would play because of how he played after the Masters debacle, um, and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but but Xander is a guy who's from San Diego. This is his uh, this is like a home game for him. Essentially, it's kind of like that. Good, feel good story of Max Homa at you know Riviera like that kind of thing like I just I think that this is one of those places where Xander feels very comfortable he feels like the golf course suits his game and I think he knows it I think he's ready for it I think he wants to get out there and play it and I think he's excited uh to to try and try and go out there and pull out his first major victory and honestly get off the schneid of kind of being in those those top fives and seconds and those kinds of things. Number four player in the world has a really, really good, um, you know, track record uh, in general around the world of golf. And so, um, you know, all to him, I'm going to pick Xander this week. That's who I have in my, uh, as I think would be the winner. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be him. So Nate has John Rom. I have Xander Shoffley. Um, and then Bob, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't, I mean, I guess maybe, it could happen, uh, but he's got Mark Leishman. No reason, he said. He said, I literally have no reason. I just – I have a hunch. I'm going off of a hunch. So if Mark Leishman somehow comes out to be victorious in this, um, God bless him. Like, God bless you, Bob. Way to go, man. Um, so anyway, um, but what is the winning score? What is the winning score at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines? I'm going to say the winning score is four under par, 
and Xander Schauffele wins. Um, and I think probably your top five looks probably something like Xander Schauffele, um, maybe Colin Morikawa, um, John Rahm, um, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. Like I think, I think it's going to be somewhere like that. It's going to be a lot of really big names. Again, the U.S. Open um, is not about punishing. It's not about punishing the greatest players in the world, but it's about exposing who the greatest players in the world are. It's about proving and showing who the greatest players in the world are. So, um, anyway, that's uh, those are uh, my U.S. Open picks. Those are Nate's U.S. Open picks, Bob's U.S. Open picks. Sorry uh, that uh, they were not able to join me, and uh, but it does make for a lot shorter podcast and a lot shorter conversation. Uh, uh, look forward to just seeing those best players in the world get exposed. All right, anyway, so hope you guys have a really good night, and uh, we will be back with you next week, um, probably Sunday night, maybe maybe not because it's Father's Day, but probably Sunday night uh, to do a U.S. Open follow-up. So anyway, all right, talk to you later.